Hello, and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. We believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. I'm your host, Jeff Ma. I'm a director at Softway, a business to employee solutions company that creates products and offers services that help build resilience and high performance company cultures. I'm joined today by our president and CEO, Mohammed Anwar. Hey, Mohammed. Hi, guys. And Frank Dana, our director. Frank. Hello. Awesome. And as you all know, each episode, we're diving into one element of business or strategy and testing our theory of love against it. And one of the most amazing things about this work that we do and also doing this podcast is that we get the opportunity to meet so many amazing people and see how love as a business strategy plays out in people and businesses all around the world. And today, we had the opportunity to, opportunity to learn about a company that was literally founded with love as their business strategy and in one of the last industries that you might expect, which is banking. So I'm really excited to welcome to the show the CMO for the JMMB Group, Carrie Ann Stimson. Hello, Carrie Ann. Welcome. Hi, Jeff. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. This is like so exciting. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I'm Very cool. And I'm loving Frank's facial expressions right now. <laughs> That's, That's just the only reason why I'm here. That's just a normal <laughs> <Yeah>. face. <laughs> just to throw out random facial expressions to keep people entertained. So we're, we're super pumped to learn about you, Carrie Ann, and dive into JMB's business. But before we begin, we have a tradition of doing an icebreaker real quick. So I'll make it easy on you. I'll start with Frank and I'll move around to you and we'll all have the same questions. So we have time to prepare. Okay. Frank. Yeah. What's your favorite time of day and why? Favorite time of day is going to be right around 6.45 a.m. to 7 o'clock a.m. That, that is a sweet spot for me because I've woken up and I've taken my pre-workout and I'm chilling on the couch playing some Mario Kart on my phone waiting for the pre-workout to kick in so I can head over to the, the, the gym. But no one is awake. My entire house is completely quiet. And it's my favorite time of day because it also gives me a chance to think, to reflect, uh, to prepare for the day. And that 15 to 20 minutes of just sitting alone downstairs sounds kind of sad, but actually that's my favorite part of the day. Mm. Like the favorite moment of the day is, uh, is quiet. Nice answer. Tough to follow up, but Muhammad, you're going to have to do that. So Muhammad, what is your favorite time of day and why? My favorite time of the day would be right before going to bed because I am able to watch my TV shows and wind down and be able to fall asleep. <laughs> so I like the, uh, the last part of the day when I'm just like, everything's done for the day, work is over. And now it's just me time watching some TV shows. And, you know, my wife doesn't like it all the time, though. But uh, I watch some TV shows and I fall asleep. That's the best part. <laughs> nice. So we got a wind up and we got a wind down. So I can't wait to hear Carrie Ann. What <laughs> is your favorite time of day and why? Anytime after my kids go to bed. <laughs> mm. Oh, don't tell them. Do they listen? Do they, are they going to listen to this podcast? Um, probably not, but the thing is they actually kind of know that because I'm very religious about bedtime. I'm like, okay guys, eight o'clock, come, 
bedtime no. because they're like, Mama, you I said, look, when you go to bed is when I get a chance to think, to breathe. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is what it is, right? Once they go to bed, life is good. <laughs> And 10 points to carry on because that is the correct answer I was looking for. I think what? we can all agree that was the best answer. Jeff, what is your best answer? That's, Come on, That's exactly 100% asked my wife the exact same answer. It's literally she and I have to like tag team. We're like, let's get him in bed. There's the struggle. And then they're finally like you close that door and it's quiet inside. It's like freedom. It's like absolute <laughs> freedom. There's no better so feeling. The worst <laughs> moment though is that five minutes where they have it, there's a chance they open the door and walk out and ask you oh, for yeah. something, right? And you're just mm -hmm. like, you're on edge because you yeah. can't fully like recline into the yes. into the couch. You've got to yes. like prepare for that five minute buffer zone mm -hmm. where, and you know, I don't know, that's, that's, that's probably the worst part of the day right there in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing out of bed? Go back to bed. <laughs> this is my time. So we all have a lot in common. Clearly, we all understand this concept. But I want to move into our our topic for sure, and and Carrie Ann, obviously, I want to open with you, and I, I maybe just take a little moment here. Could you introduce yourself a little more and tell us about JMMB Group at a high level? Sure, thank you. So, I am well. You probably picked it up from my accent a little bit. I'm Jamaica, and I'm coming to you now from Kingston, Jamaica, where it's a wonderful 89 degrees. Mm. And uh, sorry, way. guys. On my way. On my <laughs> yeah. Way. We're open, we're open, come on down. And I'm the Chief Marketing Officer, CMO of JMMB Group. And JMMB, we're just under 30 years old, we're about 28 years old. And we started out in Kingston, Jamaica, as a small money market brokerage house. And uh, since that time, we've grown into a regional, and when I say regional, regional across the entire Caribbean, basically, we have operations not only in Jamaica, but in Trinidad and Tobago, and in the Dominican Republic. And we are an integrated financial group of companies. So not only are we in investing where we do stocks, bonds, mutual funds, but we also have a bank an insurance brokerage, a consumer microfinance company, and a money transfer business as well. So we are an integrated financial group of companies in the Caribbean. Awesome. That's what we do, and, and, and that's our day job. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and, and I just want to read for the audience something on your website under your mission. It says, everything we do at JMMB is ultimately to help everyone to experience love and to realize the greatness in themselves, their families, and their communities. And another section says, our core values of love, care, integrity, honesty, and openness are demonstrated in everything that we do and everything that we are. And I love that. I love seeing that on your, you know, just front and center on your, on your mission statement there. Can you tell us a little bit about what love means to JMMB? Great question. So just to be clear, love for us is not a strategy and it's not a brand positioning that we sat in a nice boardroom and, you know, kind of came up with it and devised it. Okay, love sounds great. Let's go with that. It's, it actually started from the reason why JMMB was founded in the first place. So JMMB started from Jamaica Money Market Brokers, JMMB, the acronym. And it was co-founded uh, by two people, Joan Duncan, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Uh, she passed many years ago. And uh, Dr. Noel Lyon, who certainly is still very much with us. And 
they wanted to create a money market brokerage, a financial institution that does a couple of things. So the first thing is, is that money market, the money market really wasn't open to the average Jamaican at, um, in the early 90s when we were founded. And the only way that the average everyday Jamaican could earn on their savings essentially was in a commercial bank. You know, interest rates aren't that great. So how can we give access to the money market to the everyday Jamaican with a few hundred dollars? But Joan herself was a wonderful woman. Uh, based on her own personal belief system, she believed in the power of the human spirit. She believed, first of all, that all human beings, irrespective of your race, your social standing, what family you came from, were all created equal, and that we all have inherent greatness within us. And she also believed in the power of love to help that human being, to help each human being to realize that greatness. And so in creating a financial institution, you're talking about not only empowering your customers to achieve their financial dreams by giving them the financial products and services to do that, but it's how are we supporting and partnering with our clients in the spirit of love to demonstrate that love to them so that they can realize the inherent greatness that is already within them. And so wow. that was where we were founded on the basis of love. And so we are love. That's how we live. That's how we serve each other as team members. And that's how we serve our clients. And that's the basis on which we were founded and continue to operate. That's amazing. I'm, my first my first question is, um, you know, it sounds like love is very much a verb. Love is something that you are constantly acting out. Uh, give me an example of one of those moments where love is brought into, um, like in a very tangible way, someone actually is able to feel the love that your organization is able to provide. So I, I love that you asked that question because there's a tangible and there's the intangible. Course, so yeah. in the in the in the tangible way, I mean, one of the top ways you see that is in terms of how we do business with our clients. You know, mm. I, I always raise the point that even down to the very fees that we charge and don't charge, that's <laughs> driven by love. So, you know, a, a lot of the times the banks get and, and the financial institutions get raked over the coals because we charge what many clients would call nuisance fees. You know, we're not going to charge you a fee if you do a transaction online, but if you come into a branch and do it with a teller, then we're going to charge you a fee. We don't do that because we don't believe in that. It's, it's, it's inconsistent with, again, the spirit with which we see our clients. Right. Uh, so there are those tangible things. And then the intangible is about, well, how are we interacting with our clients? So you come in, first of all, and you're greeted at the door by someone who is part of the, the culture of love and, and, and giving that is, is, is inherent in who we are. And this is from the security guard right down to any team member that you interact with. Uh, so it comes out in that interaction. It comes out in the financial conversations, right? Mm. So let's say a client comes in, they want, they have a particular financial goal and Maybe the solution that we have for them is not the best solution for that goal, and maybe it exists at our competitors. We'll refer you to our competitors. Go over there. They have a solution that's better for you. It's the right and that, thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And that yeah. kind of authentic engagement is what, again, is an example of how we actually partner with our clients in a way that they can trust and rely on. So I have another question for you. Um, how do you teach that culture? How do you how do you make sure that the culture is is consistent 
Um, and obviously it's, it's not going to be 100% consistent between person to person because humans are humans, but in regards to, to teaching that and equipping that and then sustaining that culture, I'm wondering what are some of the things that you've been able to do to create that and propel it over the years, like hiring a security guard and, and bringing them in, in that onboarding process. I mean, how is that, how does that work? And then secondly, um, how is it sustained? So the onboarding process, as you, as you rightly pointed out, is, is critical. So it starts with how are you hiring, you know, the kinds of people that you're going to hire. So the types of psychometric and other kinds of testing activities that are part of the recruiting process gives you that kind of feedback up front. And of course, when you're onboarded initially, you're put through at least a week or two of orientation that takes you from the history of the company to the culture, to what it is we're trying to perpetuate. But there's one particular component called the JMMB way, which is really a couple of days of you're sitting with a bunch of you as team members, you're in different departments. But what you're really doing is you're having authentic conversations about how you see yourself how you see humanity. And in those conversations, what you're really doing is you're trying to peel back the layers that perhaps inhibit you from seeing the greatness in yourself and also helps to peel back the layers of helping you to see the greatness in others as well. Because as you rightly pointed out, because people are people and a lot of us are coming from different backgrounds, not only in the work environment and the career environment, but in our personal lives as well people also would be coming in with their own interpretation of what love is. Some people have a lot of baggage dealing with. And so it's very important that early in the journey, we get to the bottom of, well, how do you interpret love? How are you seeing love? Are there any inhibitors that are preventing you from showing love, expressing love and loving yourself? And once we're able to clean up all of those kind of cobwebs, as I put it, it really opens the door for you to be able to express that in a way that's consistent with what it is we're trying to deliver as a company. This is so stinking cool. That's so stinking cool. Something interesting you mentioned, Carrie Ann, was like how you peel the layers to identify the greatness in themselves and look for the greatness in others. And something parallel that we've tried to do or strive to do at Softway um, is we, we have a tip that says if you want to love your team members and love your coworkers. the way that you achieve that is by looking for the goodness in others and when you are able to focus on the goodness in others you find ways to have that care and endearment towards your teammates so i see that parallel of greatness uh how to find greatness in others and how to find goodness in others and it's very similar Yes, it's very similar. I mean, when we speak of greatness, we're talking about the potentiality of what mm. is resident in the individual and can come out. And again, the power of love to be able to bring that forth. And as you said, you, you, you're, you're coming from a place of goodness. Uh, I, I always like to reminisce on stories about uh, Joan Duncan when she's talking about communicating. You're communicating with someone not from a place of ego, but from a place of spirit. You're communicating spirit to spirit um, and really just recognizing that, um, you know, people, people, yes, are people, but there is still so much goodness there to be unearthed. And again, how you express that love and authenticity is really a powerful way to be able to bring that forth. Very cool. Yeah. I want to, I want to know a little bit about some of the pushback you've gotten, not from your, not from your clients, 
necessarily because I, if I'm coming to your bank and I'm not getting, first of all, if I'm in Jamaica, that's a plus number one, but secondly, or Trinidad or Tobago, any of those places I'm in, right? But if I'm coming into your bank and I'm surprised and delighted at every turn because I don't have the same fees that others have, I'm being treated as a human spirit to spirit. Um, I'm not talking about the, the customer, I'm talking about the employees. When you have people that push back against that culture, what are some of the ways that you communicate the value or have to prove out the value to people who may have come from pasts where they hear the word love and they push it away and they're not willing to engage because they, they haven't ever seen that tangibly manifest in ways that are proactive or beneficial for them? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I know for us, in addition to the JMMB way session that everybody has to kind of go through, we're very big on empowering team members to know how we can support each other and hold each other accountable in the moment. You know, right. so we all sign on to the vision of love statement that, again, spells out what is the kind of company we're trying to build. And at the same time, we also tell team members that, look, you are a part of the solution. You are empowered to hold each other to the standard that we've agreed to. You know, I I remember this story I share all the time that uh, there was once I had a, a very bad encounter with uh, a fellow executive unfortunately uh, i did not meet uh, their expectations with an activity uh, that i was supposed to be delivering on and they were very upset and they were literally they, they got so upset they started to shout at me and this was in a public space where other team members were witnessing what was going on and of course they're looking okay this is looked like it's going to be a blown up argument and i remember looking at him and i said Okay, I understand that you're upset, but recognize that how you're speaking to me right now is inconsistent with the values that you and I have signed on to. And so I'm going to recommend that we stop this conversation, walk away, and come back when we're able to do that. And he literally just pulled back. And this is someone who I guess people would be shocked about how he was able to pull back. But again, because we know that we've signed on to this thing, we have agreed to it. And even if in certain moments it's going to be difficult to live out or, 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 to, or to see it translate into, into an interaction with someone else. You're committed. We're committed and we, we, we hold each other accountable and we are comfortable with being held accountable as well. So I'd say that's a practical example. It's just really Great. about helping team members to understand that they are empowered to live the vision through. So whether it's from the chairman right down to the janitorial staff, everybody is empowered, everybody is equal, and we're all about living this vision together. Very powerful. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I'm curious, does does all this um, kind of intangible element within the organization, all these connecting, um, you know, values, do they, how do they, can you paint the picture of how they play out in terms of policies and like the tangible things internally? So for, for staff and employees that really enforce this, um, we, at, you know, at Softway, we firmly believe that it starts with that behavior and that culture of love and having the right mindsets around that is what helps the people who make policies and make decisions and implement tools. That's what helps, you know, that's important to have that in place before you tackle process and tools in order to make sure that you're, you're doing them with the right intent, with the right outcomes and being efficient with that. Right. So I'm just curious with, with all this foundational 
kind of value that you have in place. What kind of processes and tools have come out of that? Wow. Well, uh, from from you mentioned the word policy, and uh, that's really where it starts for us. Um, it policy, incidentally, before I even go any further, languaging is a very important thing for us. There are certain words that we will not use because of the negative implications that it can have. So, for instance, I actually just made a bubu a while ago. I used the word staff. We don't use the word staff. We don't use the word employees. We say team members, right? Um, because of the, the, the thinking that team members connotes a greater coming together and integration of us as being part of, again, this larger vision of expression of love. And so to use words like staff and employees or subordinates, no. No. I see Fran's face. So, yes, yeah, so languaging is very important for us. Certain words we will use and will not use in how we interact and engage with each other mm. um, is important. And so when we talk about policy, policy is also not a word. <laughs> I mean, we have them, um, but we, we, we don't use them because, again, it's, it's, it's about communicating spirit to spirit and allowing people to be motivated and engaged to act in a particular way, as opposed to being browbeaten to, to follow a particular path. So how we do it as far as what we put in place is, first of all, we're a very people-centric organization. So of course, our clients are a very important part of our family, but we recognize that it's our team members that allow us to be able to share the vision and empower our clients to achieve their goals. So we try to ensure that our team members feel the love as well in terms of a very comfortable working environment. Mm. So uh, some very practical examples. Uh, there are certain benefits that you would get at JMMB that are very unique to the Jamaican market. So and 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 the wider Caribbean market, even things like um, free childcare, you know, or subsidized childcare, depending on which city you work in. Uh, breastfeeding facilities that you can go. I mean, I, I, my child is in the daycare center. I can go and breastfeed in a nice private room and go back to work. I don't have to worry, you know, about being able to continue that after maternity leave is over, you know, three months maternity leave. There's paternity leave as well. Um, other benefits like a uh, health and wellness benefit, a gorgeous well health and wellness fitness center where there are free classes in yoga and Pilates and kickboxing and equipment and paid instructors that come in and help you to stay fit and healthy or some seminars on different things from family planning to relationships. Um, you get a certain number of sessions each year, free counseling. We have a strategic partnership with a counseling center where every year you get a certain amount of hours where you can go confidentially to the counseling center and get counseling on anything at all, personal or professional. And the counseling center just sends a bill to JMMB. So they, we don't know which employees took advantage of it. We don't know what you talked about. We just know we have a bill to pay and we pay it and team members have that benefit. So it's just wow. an example of some of yeah. the great things that we do that help team members to feel the love, feel supported and, and are empowered ultimately to be able to serve. You know, what's, what's interesting about what you mentioned is that when we started this conversation, we talked about and I asked for tangible ways that, that love is expressed. 
the first thing you didn't do was you didn't talk about the perks and benefits. You didn't talk about the childcare, the health and wellness stuff. You didn't talk about um, paternity leave or maternity leave. You talked about a culture where people feel empowered, cared for, and loved. And then secondarily, the policies, sorry, there needs to be like a buzzer. I need to get, I need to get hit for it. The, 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 the benefits that you, that have, it's, it's almost like these are features of your culture coming out of the desire for people to be cared. But the primary responsibility is not to have kickboxing classes. The primary responsibility is to help people feel and actively know that they're nurtured and cared for. Absolutely. Right? Because Absolutely. if those perks and benefits went away, there would still be a, a place where people feel cared for. And I think that's what's interesting about it is because you could have gone that direction, but instead you, you talked about how people are made to feel and how people mm -hmm. engage, right? So I think that's very cool. Absolutely. And it's going back to real needs, you know, um, and recognizing that even when you talk about benefits and so on, uh, there's a benefit that we have. So we also get uh, a free meal every day. So we get lunch that's taken care of, a nice full cooked meal, which for a lot of our team members, that's the only meal they'll ever eat you know, on any given day, depending on their financial situation. But we also have this thing called break time where mid morning, someone comes around with a tray of uh, fruit a fruit plate or a sandwich or some pastry and why we do that is not because oh you didn't have breakfast and it's going to be a while till lunch necessarily but because we know you're working so hard to serve our clients that you may not be able to eat lunch on time so oh, at wow. about 10 o'clock we're going to give this to you to tide you over until whenever you're able to have lunch it's those kinds of little thinkings and even now that we're in COVID time um, if I may just be completely honest, we've had to make decisions around um, profit share payments and so on because COVID was 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 upon us, and we knew that you know, like every business, you know, we've been impacted by the situation. Mm -hmm. And honest discussions with team members, guys, we can't pay profit share like how we normally do for the next two quarters, so we're asking for your understanding. And team members accept that because we know that if the company could, they would. And we know that once they're able to, they will. And so it comes yeah. back to, again, that, that partnership between the organization, the team members and the clients where everybody's trusting each other's intentions because the evidence has been put forward time and time again. Listen, I'm going to come moonlight at JMMB and get those snacks. I'm coming for the snacks. It's, it, it I was going to say we should move our headquarters to Jamaica and share I'm your ready. office or something. To I'm, ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Um, we're packing up this uh, this office. But I, I did, I did want to say, like, it's such it's so fascinating. To me, it reminds me of Chris Petrie, who's one of the other uh, co-hosts of this. Um, he always dreamed of a guacamole cart, of someone walking by your your office or your or your desk and just making you some fresh guacamole. And, and popping open a Topo Chico and handing it. This sounds a lot like that. I'm a yeah. big fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so I have a, a, another question, Carrie Ann. Like you're in the investment business and financial business. And, you know, most businesses out there, their strategy to success is prioritize your shareholders. Mm. And you do, you make all your business decisions based on how is it going to benefit the shareholders? How is this going to make more money for the shareholders, right? And all the decisions are driven by that. You're in that very business, but instead of prioritizing your shareholders, it seems like you're prioritizing your staff 
And sorry, not that word. Sorry, I used that. <laughs> mm. Your uh, team. Your team. <laughs> There's a policy I have on this podcast. <laughs> Apologies. We'll, we'll bleep talent. it out in the edit. We'll, we'll edit it out. We'll bleep it. We can't. <laughs> we'll just bleep it. <laughs> team. You can say it. I just can't. <laughs> okay, oh, there we go. Your team. How, how has that ended up? balancing the need to keep your shareholders satisfied and are you know profitable and have their dividends is like how has that worked for you what have been the results in terms of your profitability and your business outcomes and how have you kept your shareholders happy although you are prioritizing your people which is very counterintuitive to uh, a business i I'd just love to hear your thoughts there and that's another great question because, well, to be clear, we are a publicly listed company. We're not privately owned. So we're listed on both the Jamaica Stock Exchange and the Trinidad and Tobago Stock Exchange. But a couple of things, too, is that you talk about prioritizing our team members. So the first thing is we're shareholders, too. So yeah. we do have an employee share ownership plan where once you you pass probation and you're confirmed as a as a as a full-time permanent team member you get assigned a certain block of shares consistent with 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 the level in the organization that you're at and you don't even have to pay for them if you don't want to there's a way that they work it out where they will pay for themselves through the dividend payments over time right and the beauty about that is when you have team members who are also shareholders that 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 that's great because even if you do prioritize the team members they're the shareholders too they're going to be looking out for the organization but to be very frank and it's something that my ceo has said a couple of times that same love expression we we extend it to our shareholders as well so if you even come to like an annual general meeting when we used to be able to have 200 people in a room uh that kind of same culture of love and sharing and extension in terms of just how the event is executed is there but he also is very clear that because of who we are and the decisions that we've made there are certain things you should not expect to happen from us so with due respect a lot of our competitors again charge fees that we don't charge and so when you look at their financial statements and the percentage of of, of income that fees take up because of the fees that they charge we'll never experience that because we're just not going to charge those fees okay and so what we say to our shareholders you know we're going to continue to deliver maximum return for you as best as we can but we're not necessarily going to be Big Bank A, you know, as far as the, the profitability necessarily. Yeah, because of our size. But again, we're not going to do anything that's inconsistent with who we are. And so those people who buy shares in us, they'll buy shares in us because they're aligned with that vision. And of course, we do deliver performance, but um, we're very unapologetic about that. And those who align with the vision, they are the ones who will buy shares and those who don't, won't. So essentially, morality is valued higher than just what is business rationality in, in a traditional sense. Yes, in, in terms of how we interpret it, yes. I mean, we, we respect every organization's right to make decisions in a way that's consistent with what they value. But for us, this is what we have chosen and continue to live by. And so we invite the same respect. But there's also this interesting connection to the shareholders seeing the, I mean, you mentioned it as morality, Muhammad, but seeing that, um, that empathy that you put into the work that you're doing, the values that you have, and they're okay with not making, potentially 
like they're there's they're seeing the opportunity with your institution and they're willing to make that commitment because they're aligned to that vision. So that's very interesting to me that it's like, hey, they can choose to go elsewhere, but they recognize what you're doing and they're not going to come to you and demand that you instigate these additional fees because they're looking to maximize X, Y, and Z. They see the value just as much as you do. And so there's this interesting amount of alignment between the shareholders who may or may not be employees and you know, your actual team. So I'm, I'm sorry I said employees. Absolutely. <laughs> that, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. And I, absolutely. I, I, was, I was extremely excited to hear more about JMB specifically because um, here you have this, you know, three decade old organization that has been doing a lot of the things that we are, you know, actively learned ourselves over the last few years and are trying so hard to, to spread out into the world. And, you know, one of the, the at the crux of that really for me is that there's this perception or this understanding in today's business, kind of what Muhammad was saying earlier, that 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 doing what's financially beneficial, like the highest return, highest revenue, is a polar opposite of doing some of the things that is right by people, that's right for the, the society, right, you know, for morality, whatever you want to call it. People draw that on a spectrum, right? And they feel like it's a lever they have to pull one way or the other. And we've always believed, and we continue to push, that they're not opposites, that they're one and the same when done right, that you can accomplish both. And so I guess my question for you, if you're willing to share, would be, what are, what are your business outcomes? Like what from a, for you, you, you've been talking about all these great things that, that are you know, right in the world, I'm 100% on board, but I love to share with people what is the actual you know, financial results? Do you have any of that you can share? Well, I guess if I were to share it, it would be in Jamaican dollars, which really sounds fantastic. So you're talking <laughs> about we're talking nine billion <laughs> <laughs> Jamaican dollars. Uh, but you know, um, I mean, we 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 have a track record of really high performance as far as our financials are concerned. Um, consistently, a profitable organization, one of the top performing entities on the stock exchanges in in the Caribbean as well in Jamaica and in Trinidad. And it's one of those companies that shareholders know that you know you can always rely on JMB to really deliver solid performance. And um, we've also been growing through acquisition, uh, both partially and 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 entirely a complete acquisition of entities across the Caribbean as well. In fact, our entrance into Trinidad and the DR would be through acquiring of, of other uh, entities as well. So our track, track, track record of performance is there. Um, I think what we've also been just very clear about is, um, is that how we see it is that once you deliver that value to the customer, which actually customer is a bad word too, we say client. <laughs> that, yeah. So when we deliver value to clients and shareholders, we believe that they will come, you know, and we believe in a mindset of abundance as opposed to scarcity. So while we may never be big bank A, so maybe in the case of the US, we'll never be a Bank of America. Uh, we have an example in terms of being the, the probably the largest bank in the country by size or branch network. But we deliver respectable and solid returns because, again, for the niche that we've been able to create because of what we stand for, 
we've been doing so well and it does well for our shareholders it does well for our team members and yeah again we're not bank a but we're doing very very well for those people who invest in us and we're good with that we're good with that and and that's something that we always encourage people to think about is that again it's about a mindset of abundance you can own a niche you can work that niche and you can do very very well at it and and it's and it's going to be just fine you don't necessarily have to be the biggest baddest kid on the block mm. to do very well and and that's how we see it i couldn't agree more yeah putting love to work <laughs> so yeah. Karen, i have a question so <clears throat> why in your belief do you think more competitors um in your industry have not adopted to this culture of love wow <laughs> hey you're trying to get me in trouble aren't you <laughs> go into the gossip zone this is called this is the part of the podcast called the gossip zone i'm just kidding that's not true <laughs> wow well, well you know first of all i'll just be very straight uh if, if i'm looking at our major competitors again it starts with what do you value and there are some of our competitors where the bottom line is what it's about. So at whatever cost, and again, with due respect, because that's that's a decision they've made. But for a lot of companies, it's okay, whatever it is, wherever the dollar is going to come from, we're going to do it. So if it's an extra fee to charge, if it's a fee increase, we're going to do it. And um, that, that that's really how it works. Uh, but what we've actually noticed, uh, and this is just me and my marketing team when we're doing our market reads, is that um, sometimes you will see indications of some of our competitors recognizing that there is some value in this love thing. Because even if you do a basic social media temperature check, you know, and we use our tools to kind of do the social listening and see what people are saying, they recognize the, the, the endearment that certainly the, the public has towards a JMMB brand. And they will get a lot of flack for it, you know. Uh, I remember just a few months ago, we had a, a very unfortunate situation where our online banking platform went down and for a couple of days. And mm -hmm. as you can imagine, our clients were very upset because of the gross inconvenience. And literally within a day, our CEO put out a statement, of course, with the support of marketing, uh, apologizing. We've fallen short. This is not who we are. This is not our commitment to you. We're going to make it right. And until we make it right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to waive all of these transaction fees that you would have ordinarily paid because it's, 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 it's not fair. We're going to waive those fees. So about a month, we waived those fees, deposit fees, withdrawal fees, um, ACH fees, those sorts of things. And also, if at any point you were delayed in paying a bill, like a mortgage payment or a credit card payment, and you, you got charged a late fee, Give us the receipt for that and we'll reimburse you. We'll pay you back. Wow. We're committed to making it right. And we put that out not just via email to our clients. We also posted it on social media because, you know, we know we can't reach everybody via email. So we put it out there. And the response, mainly from non-clients, were like, oh, my God. And they started to retweet and tag their bank. And they were like, this is how you're supposed to respond. <laughs> <laughs> when you do stuff.
stuff on my banking platform. This is how you do it, CJ. Awesome. <laughs> wow. So you could almost say that after what was really a devastating um, crisis on our part with the online banking platform being down, you could say we almost gained brand value and, and, and equity from the standpoint that people were just wowed. And so I think our competitors see that. And sometimes you'll see some indication like in their communication pieces that would lend itself to a more emotive type of communication. But again, if it's not coming from who you are as an organization, then it, it, it could be uh, seen as not authentic. And so my encouragement right. to brands is, that's why I say love is not a strategy for us in that sense. You know, with all due respect, I'm not throwing any shade, guys. But it really is not a strategy. It's, it's, it's who oh. we are, you know? Right, right. No, I agree. And, and I, I think ultimately what, what your CEO demonstrated was, again, vulnerability simply taking ownership and apologizing and that takes courage to yeah. do but it yeah. is so powerful yes. in, in building that trust and and you know relationship with your customers i think that worked in your uh, positive interest actually it looks like absolutely and we took of course a financial hit because you're you're waiving all these fees and and reimbursing these clients you take a financial hit but when you're done with that, your clients, they don't leave. They don't leave because they're like, you know what? This is the company that's going to be sticking with me through thick and thin. And so that's yes. where I would say that was a business strategic decision that was founded on love. Yes. <laughs> love as a business strategy. Is that what you're saying, Muhammad? I'm confused. But, um, but it's, what's interesting to me and what I, what I heard from, from the approach that you took as a team, as well as your CEO kind of being okay with asking for forgiveness and moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. was that when your back was up against the wall, you chose love. Yes. Like you still you still went back to the value that you had from the very beginning, from the 30 years ago. You went back to that and said, what should we do to make things right for these for for the people that that have been it? It was it was almost like habitual, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. something that you had to sit down and and fret over. You're like, we know what to do mm -hmm. because we've done it before and we're going to do it again. And this is who we are. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and and just to let out a secret here, of course, my CEO didn't pen a word of that of that communication. It would have come from somewhere else in the organization. And when it was circulated to him and other stakeholders for alignment, it was immediate because the languaging, what we were proposing as compensation, everything just lined up again with who we were. And because we're all on the same page, it was like, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what's going to go out. So, yeah. That's okay, and when, wow. Sorry, when are you opening your branch office here in the United States? <laughs> oh, man, you know, that, that, that's a great question. I, I don't know of any immediate plans. We are actually <laughs> really just focused on building out in the Caribbean, actually. So that's really where our priorities are. I'm so sorry. Well, no, I, that's I can okay. tell you, if you guys opened here, we'd be your first customer. <laughs> for I'm sure, sure we would. you would. We would. I'm sure you would. Mohammed's had some fun with banks. We were not going to talk about that right now. Yes. No. <laughs> well, whenever you come to visit Jamaica, let us know and we'll be happy to bring you in. You can meet the team. You can see our branch set up and see all the red hearts in our banking halls. Ooh, what are those? Are those? Is that just is that is that something that of a design or is that something that you actually like? Because because we've been to Facebook, right? So you walk into Facebook and you you can write on the wall physically what are the red hearts for 
So the Red Hearts, again, so we are about love. And to be very honest, from a communication standpoint, visually, we wanted to find, and this is many years ago, we wanted to find an element where once you look at the communication, you know it's love, you know it's JMMB. And like it or not, the heart is it, right? And red is it, you know. <laughs> We're working um, through that right now. Yeah. And so every little thing, you know, you go into our ATM um, vestibules, there's a nice big red, a tree, a red tree in the shape of a heart on the wall with a nice inspirational verse. You know, I'm yeah. looking at a copy of our 2021 desk calendar with hearts all over it. it, 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 it it's really about every, it, it's actually in our brand guidelines, every <laughs> element needs to have, because yeah. you need to look at it and, 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 and see again where we're coming from. If it was right. just another red and white, which are brand colors, primary colors, it was just another red and white banking piece of communication it looks like another red and white bank but again it's about love so how do we weave that into our visual elements it's important to us as well yeah that's that's very cool it's but it's not just hearts on the wall it's your actual hearts are Mm -hmm. tuned towards love right so that's i don't know it's again like the idea that it's an outpouring of how you actually who you actually are as an organization and a people that to me is super fascinating yes yes absolutely Carrie Ann, when we first had a quick chat, I wrote down something you said. You said, not everyone can work at JMMB. And I know this is a bit of a diversion, <laughs> but uh, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. Um, can you tell, just, I, I want to hear it again. I want to hear a little bit about why why that's true and, and kind of, because I think I'll, I'll give you the context. It's because when we talk about love as a business strategy and we talk to people and businesses about this, you know, the number one thing we're consistently dealing with, because we know what we're talking about. We are very firm believers in all this, but we we're basically having to deal with, you know, resistance, naysayers, non-believers, things like that. And, and there's this, there's always this element of um, when people try to just take love as a business strategy and see it as like this stencil or this overlay that they can just, stick into their organization or apply one or two things. Um, we have to have these really interesting conversations with them about what really what it really means to embody the behaviors and the culture of love to bet to harness those benefits. And I think when I talked to you about it, we were talking about people who don't who aren't bought in. We were talking about, you know, being human, you know, people who aren't necessarily sold. Um, at maybe they become jaded at some point, things like that. And you said not everyone can work at JMMB. <laughs> I, I wanted to see um, if you could share your take on that a little bit. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> hopefully I want to send my resume out after this. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I mean, this is just my personal observation. I, I, I obviously it's not written anywhere. Um, you know, we, we welcome anyone who would like to come and work uh, for JMMB. But again, going back to the issue of who we are as an organization, how we live through that core value of love and how it seeps into every part of our culture. I would have spoken earlier of the language that we speak, how we interface with each other as team members, how do we interface with our clients. It all comes from that place of authentic love. And the reality is, is that if you're not aligned with that somehow on a personal level and even a professional level, then your future won't be very long. That's mm. the reality of it. And as I even spoke about 
decisions about what fees to charge you know how we even as a marketer you have a marketing team when we're drafting marketing communication pieces and so on if if you're stuck at a place of not knowing how to exude the values of the brand through every interaction every communication you're just not aligned with the decisions you know why can't we charge this fee it's you know it's it's a cost to the institution no that's because that's just not who we are we're not charging it because it's a nuisance things like that and what you find is that they're just a handful it's really just a very small amount perhaps that I would have seen in and out over the years it's just not who they are it's just not who they are and you know what that's okay there's another company for them and I think ultimately for a company like a JMMB that's living on on the vision of love it, it helps to make sure that the vision is perpetuated because you are having people who are aligned with seeing that being pushed through consistently so it is what it is but yeah yeah that's and and to me it it feels incredibly important that that's maintained yeah right because yeah. everything every every part of the 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 journey that a, that a customer goes through um is also needing to be aligned to that vision so i can absolutely see how you know you have to make sure that that's being maintained from the hearts on the walls to the way they're engaged with inside of your inside out of your branches i mean even the way they're engaging on online uh, all of it has to be consistent and there has to be continuity yes. because you're using a word like love and that could backfire right right and we're very very deliberate i mean there there are instances where you know there are some people who are are let go from the organization because how they behave is inconsistent with the values and even in instances where there are some people who are struggling like um you would have had a situation a few years ago where there was an impasse between a team leader and their team um the team did not feel that the team leader was operating in a manner with them that was consistent with the values i mean HR, we don't even call it HR. That's another bad word. Human <laughs> beings are not resources. <laughs> so we don't say Amen. HR. Yeah, human Amen. beings are not resources. Um, Come on say, now. Let's go. Yeah, we're preaching today, right? Part two. <laughs> we call it culture and human development. So our culture and human development team or units, they go in and they're having the sessions, they're bringing in the counselors, they are having the what I call the kumbaya conversations, people being pouring out their heart about, you know, what you said and how it made me feel and how it's landing on me. And, and, and you get to have that open exchange. And it was like, whoa, we're not going to leave this situation until we are confident that we've done everything we can to help that individual to, to heal and for the team to heal and for there to be, uh, you know, repairing of the relationship. We're very serious about that. I love that's that. crazy. I love it so much. I mean, I just, <laughs> yeah, Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammad's over here typing. He says tough love. And that's really what that is, right? It's, it's a, it's a little bit of tough love, but it's coming from a place of care. Yeah. Yeah. Because right? again, yeah. we trust that this person has the greatness already in there. We just really need to help it to come forth. And yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. Man, this is, this has been awesome. Yeah. Yep. I'm thoroughly inspired. I love it so much. And, you know, this, obviously, this podcast was a great kind of chance to meet up with you uh, here, Carrie Ann. But after we moved to um, Jamaica, 
Um, yes. I'm sure we can have further conversations. Around. Well, I think we're all convinced. We're all like, wait, you're not going to open up in in the, in the United States? Okay, then we'll move to Jamaica. We're, we're all we're all headed uh, we're all headed there anyway. So yeah, man, yeah, man. <laughs> but but before uh, before we let you go, Carrie, and I understand you also have your own podcast. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast and how they can find it? Thank you. And it's it's probably partially inspired by what I do and the brand that I represent and believe in. But I launched this podcast uh, not too recent, not too long ago, very recently, in fact, called the Internal Marketing Podcast. So, of course, everybody knows what marketing is. It's really about doing activities that help to shift a behavior just whatever it is you want. So typically external marketing is about targeting a group of prospective customers to buy your product or service. That's basically what most people know the typical marketing definition to be. But internal marketing is really about now using those same marketing strategies to market to your employees. And the reason why you do that is because you want to engage and enroll your employees in the mission and the vision of the company. In the same way you want to enroll your customers, your clients, you want to do that with your employees. And the goal is having engaged them and enrolled them, they will turn around now and be advocates of the brand to those outside. Mm. And in a time when we're talking about, you know, a worldwide pandemic, uh, people really starving for authentic connections with brands, people want to connect with people, they don't want to connect with a faceless brand who's posting stuff out there. And so your brand's people are your employees. So people would faster want to connect with your employees who are their own personal brands and their own networks. How are we empowering and engaging our people, our employees, our team members to represent and advocate for the brand in a way that the official company account can't? And so that's what the podcast is about. It's exploring conversations about how companies, how brands can market internally to their employees in a way that engages and empowers them to be advocates of the brand. And it's available wherever podcasts are, your favorite podcasting app. Excellent. I love it. Thank you so much. And yeah, this was such an, yeah, this was such an amazing opportunity to talk to you. And and we, you know, working day in and day out around love as a business strategy, talking about culture and this kind of development, it's always incredible to be able to meet and talk to and hear about how it's being used in different places and all around the world and in different contexts. And it's incredible to hear your story. So thank you, Carrie Ann, for sharing with us today and being here with us. We're truly inspired. It was, it was amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. This was an awesome conversation. I mean, I, I, I'm like, okay, do I have to go back to work now? <laughs> <laughs> do I have to go back to work is the other question. Yeah. Well, we'll you know, this is I'm awesome. Already- yeah, I'm already shopping for uh, plane tickets to Jamaica. So and we welcome you. We welcome you. We're open for business. Even though it's COVID-19, we have the protocols in place. We're welcoming our visitors to our island and we'd be happy to have you. And you guys keep doing what you're doing. I mean, just going, just listening to your podcast and even just going on your website. I'm like, oh, this is like JMMB's half-sister. I mean, you guys, <laughs> We're all connected. I mean, We're all related. Yeah. You One know. Love. Yep. One love. We need to we need to perpetuate the conversation. So keep doing what you're doing, guys. You're doing awesome. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank awesome. you.
And here at Love as a Business Strategy, we're posting new episodes every Tuesday. So if there's a business topic you like, or maybe you have a story that you'd like to share about your love and your business, let us know at softway.com slash labs, L-A-A-B-S. And if you like what you heard, please do subscribe, leave us a review. And um, if you know someone that might enjoy this content, don't forget to share, share the love as a business strategy podcast. So we'll see you guys next week. I'll get rid of that pun in the outro one day, but not today. (laughs) 